This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's now time for A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. From amazing stories to colorful personalities, join us as we go in-depth with the men and women that make up the Oakland Athletics Organization. It all starts right now. It's time for another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. And what a lineup we have for you on this one. Going to have a couple A's players. Liam Hendricks, the all-star. Yes, Liam Hendricks, the all-star, is going to join us. How about Laser yeah, Laser Ramon. <laughs> Ramon Loriano, the center fielder who is just starring like you wouldn't believe for the athletics. We're also going to have... We're going to have Dr. Meredith Wills. She's the astrophysicist that's all over, whether we're talking about her article in The Athletic. She was on with me on A's Cast Live. She's on MLB Network. She's everywhere right now telling us how, yes, the baseball is different and it is flying way further than it ever has and uh, could be a major issue for the commissioner. He's backed himself into a corner. So we'll talk to Meredith, and then we're going to have Daniel Moskis. And Daniel Moskis is a former big leaguer, and he works for Driveline Baseball up in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest where they are using all these different techniques to create better baseball players. People are going to them, and – they're making through technology and through their techniques. They are making players better. And ask Trevor Bauer. He's he's trained there. It's uh, these guys are doing some really interesting stuff. And when the A's were there up in Seattle a while back, Scott Emerson, the pitching coach, and a couple of the coaches went over to check it out. So we'll talk to Daniel Mosquez. But we're going to lead it off with Liam Hendricks. What a ride this has been for Liam. This is a guy who was DFA'd on June 25th of last year. DFA'd. See you later. No one wanted him. Next thing you know, he goes back down to AAA, reinvents himself, doing it his way. And next thing you know, he's starting in a playoff game at Yankee Stadium, and now he's an all-star. I have so much respect for this man. What he does on the field, now an all-star, and what he does off the field, helping people, helping all kinds of people, parents, kids, people in need, dogs, you name it, he's trying to help make this earth a better place. And I have so much respect for him. And I'm very proud to say, here is the all-star, Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, one of the great turnarounds. We've talked to him about how went down to AAA, changed things. He did it his way, and now he's the, arguably the best reliever in baseball. Liam, we've, we've talked so much about what you do for people and animals off the field, but today it's all about you. Congratulations. You're an American League All-Star. Thank you very much. It's always weird saying American League when I'm Australian, but uh, I'm excited <laughs> to be a part of it. What, what, what did that mean to you when you got the call that you're going to the All-Star game in Cleveland and, you're, and your wife is from close by and you're going to have so much family with you? What was that phone call like? Uh, it was cool. Like, uh, So I get to the field and Bomo gave me a call and I answered him like, hey, I'm just going to walk into your office. And uh, yeah, he told me in the office and yeah, I definitely knees got a little weaker. And it was just, uh, I mean, it was, it was totally unexpected because I've been convincing myself that it wasn't a big deal to me because we just, uh, we just made plans to go to big surf for the all-star break. Like, um, I was a little disappointed when the, the original list came out and I wasn't a part of it, but I understood the fact of it's extremely hard to make it as a non-closer. And, uh, you look at the relievers who made it for the American league all-star team. You got Chapman, uh, Brad hand, you've got, uh, Shane green, who's leading everything and everything. And then you've got, uh, Ryan Presley, who, 
broke some like thousand inning scoreless or whatever it was. I mean, you can't compete with those four guys. So I'm just happy to be part of it and was just happy to be in even in consideration for it as well. And it really couldn't have been a better city for you and your family and your wife than having the game in Cleveland. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so my wife's father lives in uh, father and stepmom live in uh, live in Ohio. They're about an hour and a half away. So um, yeah, we got family there. We've um, I guess my wife's already spoken to a couple of our friends, and they're going to make the trip from Florida down. So um, yeah, we it's going to be a good group of people out there. I'm excited for it. And, I mean, I'm just excited to be a part of it. To be honest, like I after last year and everything that I went through, it's uh, it was this isn't the year that I expected to have, but it's been a blessing. So. I think about the last year, we were just talking about it, where you're DFA'd on June 25th. Next thing you know, you go back down, you reestablish yourself, you're going to do it your way, and your way works. Next thing you know, you're starting a playoff game, now you're closing out games, and now you're going to the All-Star game. This is one of the great stories that we have seen in Major League Baseball. Just for you as a person, how you've basically gotten over all these hurdles to get where you are, what has that meant to you as a person and, and as a professional athlete? Yeah, it's been, an, uh, it's been an interesting 12 months, obviously. About 12 months and three days ago, I accepted my outright assignment to Nashville. And, um, yeah, I mean – Looking back on it, there was no chance I ever expected to be doing something like this. Um, I'm just happy, like I've I've gone out there, I've changed my mindset a little bit, so I'm kind of going in there expecting nothing and being very, being very grateful when I can get anything going. So um, I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Like I was getting a little complacent, but not only that, I was going in there expecting, okay, I'm the sixth inning guy. So if I came in in the fourth inning, I was annoyed because it's like this isn't my role. What are we doing? And this year I've come in with a different mentality of, like, um, I'm just going to go out there. If they want me to pitch the sixth, they want me to pitch the sixth. If they want me to pitch the first, I'll throw the first. I'm not, not concerned with what role, my, what role I have. I'm just going out there. I'm just happy to be part of the team, and I'm just happy to be pitching. All I want to do is pitch, and uh, they've been, I've been lucky enough to be thrown well, so I can get them to get out of here. What has been the conversation like between Bob Melvin, Scott Emerson, and you to where this isn't Liam, Liam coming in the sixth, this isn't Liam being the opener. You right now are the A's closer. What, are the, what have the conversations been like? I mean, the conversations have been pretty brief. It's just been me pretty much telling you, like, no matter what inning you choose me for, I'll be ready. So if they want me to do whatever role, whatever situation, I've just given them the the, the old go-ahead. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not – I've kind of taken the ego away, and it's it's been refreshing. I'm not worried about any role or anything like that. If you need, if if, I'm, if you want me to pitch the sixth, I'll pitch the sixth. I'm not concerned with it. I'm just going to go out there and get people out, and that's all I've been doing so far. So it's been uh, it's been a good little stretch, but – I mean, you look at the stuff, the guys we got behind it. It's it's a lot. It's a lot easier to go out there with some confidence when you got this defense behind you. Take me through the mental mindset of the way you are right now, because right now I'm watching you pitch with a whole lot of conviction, and you're coming right after people. Whether it's the fastball, whether it's the breaking ball, just tell me from a mental standpoint, where are you compared to last year? I mean, I'm in a completely different place last year. There were times where, if, like, if I got, if I went out there and I was feeling good, like I was good. But there were other times where I went out there, and I wasn't feeling great, and so I was trying to make sure I missed bats and I threw it out of the zone and got people to chase rather than going out there and being like, no, hit this if you can. And that's pretty much where my mindset is now. It's like I'm going out there. I don't want to give anybody any free passes. I'm going to make them beat me, and that's that's my entire goal now. Is you have to beat me to be able to get on base and. I think it's it's worked well for me so far because it's just I'm going out there, I'm throwing strikes, I'm keeping people off balance, and and as I said, you need to beat me. I'm not going to give you a free pass and give you an opportunity to get on base. It, it just sounds like you're in a different world, and it's got to be very refreshing. It's I mean, this is this has got to be the best time of your career. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, obviously, I'm having an extremely good year so far, and I mean, I've been selected the All Star game. I mean, I'm on cloud nine right now. They kind of. I can't explain it well enough in, in the limited vocabulary I have. So, it's, um, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of this team, and I'm excited to go there and represent the A's of the All-Star game. You know, and, and I think of all the things that you do, you and your wife, away from the field, where you're making sure kids go home with food with the, with the backpacks. And I think about you teaming up with ARF and, and, and helping animals. It, it, it's just like both 
both sides of your life right now are all going in the right direction. Am, am, am I clear with that? Does that seem right, that all the great stuff you're doing off the field and now all the stuff you're doing on the field, they, the way they go hand-in-hand hand must be so rewarding? Yeah, it, it's all coming together pretty nicely right now, and obviously this is um... – this is just a, this is just another stepping stone and raising that platform up a little bit higher. So that there's going to be more people that are being able to get involved with what we're doing out here with uh, with No Kid Hungry and with Off and all the animal rescues we deal with. This is just uh, hopefully this is just another chance to raise awareness for the causes I'm using. Cyberbullying involved, and it's just one of those things where we're going out there now. And and the the better I pitch, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's great for me, but it's also the biggest thing for me is it's great for all the the stuff that I do off the field. And like as I said, I don't want to be remembered for what I am able to do on the field and everything like that. I want to be a, I want to be remembered for the type of person I was, the type of person what I'm doing inside the community. The baseball stuff, it's that'll figure itself out whether it is whether it's good or whether it's bad or whatever happens. I'm just trying to leave this world a better place, and hopefully we can go out there and all the stuff we're doing off the field is making a difference. Well, I can tell you I've covered this game a long time, and you have one of the best perspectives of any guy that I've ever covered. And let's talk about your team right now. Uh, where is the ball club right now? Where are they mentally with three games left and right now eight games over 500, which is the best all year? Yeah, we're in a good place right now. Um, we're, we're playing some good baseball. We've gone up against some tough teams, and we've uh, we've come out doing all right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just we're going out there, and I think everybody's kind of taking the pressure off themselves that we had earlier in the year of like, oh, no, we need to repeat what we did last year. And now we're just, we're just playing the game. We're getting contributions from from guys up one through nine of the order. I think that's what we did last year, and that's what we were missing a little bit earlier, where it's just uh, one side would work well and the other side wouldn't, and then we'd hit well and we wouldn't pitch well, or we'd pitch well we wouldn't hit well, and now it's just uh, everything's clicking on all cylinders. And um, as I said, when it rains, it pours, and obviously this is a big series for us because the Mariners uh, the Mariners have had our number this year so far, and now we're looking for some payback, and we're in that we're in a good spot to be able to give it back to them. Let's end on this. We're starting to see bullpens pitch more innings than ever before. We're starting to see more relievers get hurt than ever before. We're seeing numbers that are not very good for relievers. And I think the one thing that you can talk about with your team, just talk about really how good the starting pitchers for the athletics so far, what they have done for this season in 2019. I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, a lot of people wrote our starting rotation off before the season even started. And then they went on a little bit of a hot streak to start the year off, and they went into a bit of a lull. And I mean, we've had guys like one through five. We've had guys come up that are doing extreme, like incredible things. It's just uh, every anytime you can get a good starting rotation going, it makes your entire pitching staff better because the bullpen gets the slack taken off. That means that if a starter goes seven, you're only using one, maybe two guys to go the last two innings, and all of a sudden everybody else is fresh. And that's the biggest thing. It's like our bullpen. We've thrown a lot of innings, don't get me wrong, but we've had the games in between where we've been able to go out there and give guys a break because the starting rotation is doing extremely well. Liam, congratulations. You've earned everything you have gotten. It's been great to watch you turn into an all-star, and for the rest of your life, they'll say all-star Liam Hendricks. Congratulations. Have a wonderful time at the game, and have a wonderful time with your family. You deserve it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Liam is a very, very special guy, and I'm so glad he's an athletic, and I hope he's here for a very long time. Because once again, he's uh, turned himself into a hell of a player, but he's even a better man. Ramon Laureano has just blossomed in front of our eyes. We knew he could play defense. We knew the defense was special. But now the offense is matching the defense, and he's still... Very young. This guy could be a premier center fielder in the game of baseball for a long, long time. Here is my conversation with Ramon Laureano. Center fielder for your Oakland Athletics is with us here on A's Cast Live with Chris Towns. And by the way, happy birthday. It was your birthday yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always good to have it on a day off. Yeah, no doubt. Hanging out with the family. Yep. So I was telling the audience, I don't even know if you watched it, but the MLB Network did the top 50 plays of the first half, and your play against the Blue Jays was number two. And I'm yelling at my television going, what could be number one? And it was Jackie Bradley Jr. robbing a home well, run. Well, that's a pretty good catch because that was to uh, 
No, they didn't hit that. They didn't hit that walk off. So I know, but looking safe. back at your play though, when you turned around and you gunned it, and it went over Kendry's Morales's head, and then Nick Hunley running like and catching it on a one hop, and then throwing it like a quarterback on the run to get the runner at second. That play was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it, it was a uh, good backup for a uh, good try for Kendry too. And uh, but good backup for uh, Huntley, and uh, I wish I would have thrown at least in front of the first baseman. But yeah, <laughs> it made the play incredible for you. Yeah. Robin home runs. When was it in your career that you realized you had this leaping ability and that you can get up pretty high and rob home runs? I felt like I always had that, but uh, I mean, my first home run that I robbed was here against Joy Votto. I mean, the Blue Jays one. So yeah. Really? First time, yeah. That's amazing. That was your first time? First time, it yeah. Seemed, the it's way crazy. you make it look easy, it's like you've been doing it your entire life. Because I, I don't remember very good in right field because in the minor, that's where I play most. Uh, but uh, I always, I think I did a couple over there, but yeah. But I don't remember very good, so. <laughs> <laughs> you played more right field than anything else? Yeah, yeah. When did you say center field, this is this is my deal, This is this is where I want to play? Uh, I, I mean, my whole life, to be honest, because in, in the organization that I came from, uh, the Houston, they always play you one day in uh, in right field, an, another day in center, and they rotate with the other guys. And uh, But I feel like I always have that. And uh, But, yeah, now I'm getting more playing time over there. So, Well, that was, you know, that's that's the thing about this game is that it's, it's all about being in the right spot at the right time. And the fact that Billy Bean and David Force always were looking at you and liked you and getting the opportunity to show that you are an everyday player. It may not be with one organization, but it definitely can be with another. And you found a home here in Oakland. Absolutely, yeah. you always playing, especially when things that stack like the Houston Astros, you're always playing for other teams. So, yeah. I think about the Houston Astros. What was it like coming up with them as they turned into just this you know, the numbers for, you know, the analytics that they have there. And how much of the analytics were put on you guys in the minor leagues with the Astros? Uh, at the end of when I was there the last well, a year and a half, uh, they had a pretty, a lot of analytics stuff. Uh, what I remember is that just a blast motion, they will put it in your bat all the time that, that you will be hitting the batting cage. Or anytime you pick up a bat and swing, they <laughs> they literally put it in, in your bat and, uh, they can track it down, track the the whatever, whatever they. I don't yeah. even know the, the numbers, the way the the language of that yeah. blast motion thing is. Uh, with the pitchers, they do a lot of like rap soto, trackman, spin like spin race stuff, things that everybody does not right now. But uh, yeah, I mean it's just for me. I keep it simple. Just swing the bat and that's it. See <laughs> so, ball, hit ball. Yeah, uh, sometimes though. Sometimes I gotta get back to it and start thinking a little bit more. But yeah. Do you watch a lot of video? Uh, just the picture. I just go with my confidence. So if I'm feeling good, uh, I, I just watch it a little bit, nothing crazy, like two, three minutes, and that's it, yeah. God, I heard someone talking about this, and I can't remember who the player was, but they were talking about how, you know, I'm not necessarily going to watch a ton of video on the starting pitcher because I know a lot of these starting pitchers are not going to be out there for a long time. And the high leverage guys you're going to face are going to be the bullpen guys. So this player yeah. is saying he watches more bullpen guys than he does starters. Yeah, absolutely. Like tomorrow we're facing uh, Milong. So he will have an opener, but we don't know if the opener is going to throw one inning or two. Uh, and we don't know who it is until, until tomorrow. Uh, and then we, I bet he's going to throw hopefully one inning, but he might throw three, four innings. <laughs> uh, uh, but after that, they just carry it on on the on the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about that. I I look at the bullpen too a lot. So like every first game of the series, I look at every every pitcher they have, everybody, and I try to memorize it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's a little hard sometimes. I gotta take some notes. But uh, if I see him already, I don't look at it. So. Like this team, we're already facing, what, two, a week ago? Before yeah. Alistair, so I don't I don't look at them. Because I think about, let, let's say you're hitting seventh or eighth in the order. There's a good chance you'll never even see the opener. Your first at-bat's going to be whoever normally the opener goes one. 
you're, you're going to get the guy coming in from the bullpen, whoever that's going to be. Yeah, correct. But you still got to – yeah, it's, it's tough, but uh, you still got to look at it just in case uh, some crazy situation happens because anything can happen in this game. He might be, <laughs> what, 15 pitches in and the seventh hitter is hitting. So Because you're, you're, you're on attacking mode more when he's a bullpen guy starting. I want to ask you about the ball. And we've been talking a lot about how the ball is different. And for you as an outfielder, have you noticed how the ball is flying further, how it can change your routes to the baseball, or how you judge the baseball as an outfielder? Have you seen a difference this season? That's a good question. Uh, well, look, I think about the ball, the home runs. Uh, players are more stronger now. They throw harder now, so when you make contact, they go a little farther and a little quicker. Uh, I don't know about the ball. I, the ball feels the same. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not a pitcher, so. Yeah. But uh, in the outfield, you know, I see some balls that they go over, and I'm like, 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 bro, like I saw that like right here, and then the second later, he's over the fence. But uh, I don't know. I, I think I saw that last year too. So uh, our pitching was doing really good last year. I mean, we've been doing good. We've been doing pretty decent. Uh, but uh, obviously last year it was historical, to be honest with you. But uh, I didn't saw a lot of homers go over the fence. A lot of balls would go over the fence. So, But I feel like this year there's, there might be something, yeah. Yeah, because I've noticed with, with a lot of different outfielders this year where guys, you can tell when an outfielder's tracking it and he thinks he has it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it keeps going it just, and it keeps going yeah. and then it's out. And he's yep. sitting there going, wait a minute, I, I had a beat on that. Yeah. So I've noticed that a lot. But let's talk about this ball club right now. As you guys did get out to a great start, but now you're red hot. And now you're 12 games over 500. And now you're starting to reel in the Houston Astros as they're struggling a little bit. What's it been like for this ball club in June and July? Uh, I mean, look, we knew we were going to overcome it at the beginning of the season, all the stuff that happened. It is what it is. Uh, this thing is, I feel like it's better than last year. It, we are better than last year, with, with no doubt. I know we have the same people, but we are better players, more experienced, I think. Uh, but not only that, is that this team, in the history of this team, is that in June, we always take off. So we, we have a lot of confidence around the whole, the whole team, so yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big statement right there because you guys won 97 games last year. And to say that you're better, and I could see, you know, you know, one of the things that last year, you, and we're seeing it this year a little bit too because of injuries and then Frankie Montas being suspended, but used 15 starting pitchers last year. There has been a little more consistency on the pitching staff this year from the starters' perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've been doing a, a pretty – pretty good job to be on over overall uh we're just gonna get better we know that trainer is gonna get back and trevino is gonna get back we are confident we're not worried about it they work really hard every single day to figure it out they i mean i'm not i'm not nobody's worried about them we know we're gonna if we got those guys back we're gonna be pretty 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 damn good you know the one thing about you guys everybody wants to talk about the runs that you're scoring they want to talk about the bullpen they want to i think the number one thing for you guys and you're a big part of it is how strong you are defensively you're strong all around the diamond all around the infield all around the outfield talk about how really this is the strength of the team is your guys defense absolutely uh people don't look at defense maybe now because of we are wake we are waking up that that part of the game now with Shappy, Simeon, uh, and Ollie in there. But, uh, you know, sometimes there might be a rally coming. You kind of smell it. But then there's a grounder with one out down the hole with Shappy, and then he gets a double plate. That's it. So that's why or Ollie makes a good defensive play. Marcus, Marcus and uh, – I mean, we just kill rally all the time, kill rallies all the time, and uh, and that's what that's what good team, teams do do you know and that's you know and a big thing is is for you playing defense is you're playing a big ballpark here yeah. and that's the one thing that that you know and there's a few fly ball pitchers here so not only the infield guy you're killing rallies too out there in center field <laughs> i think i'm doing all right to be honest it's not the way that i want it to be but uh i gotta make an adjustment and uh 
I'm still working on it, uh, but uh, I know I'll be I'll be I'll be in great hands. So, let's end on this. We talked to you early in the season. You had a little bit of struggle offensively. Now you've been absolutely fantastic. What has it been for you? What happened that got you back on track to where now? I mean, Bob Melvin has so much trust for you and moving you up in the lineup. Uh, I think it's just learning from your mistakes, like I always do in this game. You gotta learn from it. Uh, have optimism, like I always, I always have that, and uh, and just the way they attack you. I don't, I don't, I didn't know many guys. I still don't know a lot of guys in the league. Uh, know the division. Uh, making adjustment the way you feel your body feels the way uh, teams attack you after a good day uh, I mean all little things things you know they play out and you try to make adjustment then hopefully your state of mind it's your confidence still there and your body feels good and and you're ready to go out out there well, good luck tonight against the Seattle Mariners we appreciate you stopping by thank you thank happy you birthday and Go get them tonight. Yeah, enjoy the game. It's going to be a good one tonight. There is no question the sky is the limit for this guy. There's a good chance he's going to hit over 30 home runs this year. And with the defense that he plays and robbing the home runs and doing all of that, it is absolutely incredible. And now she has become one of my favorites. She's become a national legend in baseball. Dr. Meredith Wills, the astrophysicist. Now, Dr. Wills... Uh, she, she's really, really smart, but she's a lot of fun. So this is my third conversation with her. She's here in the Bay area and having her on is just so much fun because the knowledge that she has, and she knows that the commissioner is backing himself into a corner. Here is Dr. Meredith Wills. Meredith, how are you? I, I'm good. I, I I managed to just hear the why is she doing us to this? That's great. <laughs> oh, can, can you imagine how every every single time you go on the radio or every single time you put something on the athletic baseball has to be going no because uh, they're contradicting themselves and you're catching them in it. Well, lucky for me, I'm not the only one who's catching them. Uh, I think I just happened to to plant the right seed at the right time and you know i'm good at picking stuff up but there you know rob arthur's has some good stuff uh there was an interesting article that uh jeff weiser had out on baseball prospectus this morning so yeah every let's put it this way uh i just sort of how to put this you know this is the small pebbles that started the avalanche and now I'm just along for the ride. And I wonder with your research and the different research from everybody else, you know, how far can baseball keep defending this when the research is just so obvious of what is going on? I will admit I'm not really sure why they aren't moving more quickly there is work that is being done. I shouldn't say entirely independently because he is working in conjunction with the Braves, but uh, Barton Smith, who I may have mentioned before is uh, he's a professor at Utah state and he's been doing some really interesting aerodynamic testing on the balls. Again, independently, he's gotten 2019 balls from the Braves and what he's finding is, you know, certainly consistent with, uh, with my stuff. It's not all exactly the same, but it's also helping to further explain what parts of the ball are having what effect. What I find interesting is that Barton is, is doing this on his own, essentially, and yet for some reason, if MLB is doing it, they're not actually telling us what's going on. They say they have their team of scientists, but I don't know what their team of scientists is doing. None of us do. And you've talked about why. Let's go over this again. Why is the ball flying further than ever before? Well, basically the ball is flying further because it has less drag on it. It's the same type of thing that happened in 2017. And all less drag means is that the ball slows down less quickly. So, 
it's going to continue to travel faster through the air, hence it travels farther because of that. Now, the reasons are a little different than 2017. In this case, it's that the seams are lower and also that the ball appears to be rounder. Those are kind of the two main ones. Uh, there's been other changes. We've seen that the laces are thinner, the leather is smoother, and that those, that's mostly important to saying that the ball is really, really different because all of those things are completely different than previous balls. But the first two are more what's contributing to why the ball is carrying the way that it is. And we're seeing some pitchers who rely on certain pitches that all of a sudden are having bad years. And the numbers mm-hmm. are not the same. And earlier today with Sarah Langs, we were talking about the slider for Noah Syndergaard isn't the same. We've seen Trevino mm-hmm. and Trinan with the A struggle with their stuff. Do you think the ball, as much as this is helping hitters, how do you think the ball is actually affecting pitchers and certain pitches that they throw? It's terrible, actually. I, I have to wonder which pitchers, I guess to preface this, it's sort of an open secret at this point that a lot of pitchers are using things like rosin or bullfrog or whatever because the leather is so slick that it's very hard to grip the ball. Without that, I would be surprised if anybody's pitches are better. Maybe they're the same. But just because the seams aren't as high and because the leather is so slick, it's hard to grip the ball. It's hard to spin the ball. And then when you do actually throw it, that spin just isn't going to break as much. So depending on your grip, uh, you're going to have a lot of problems with different kinds of pitches. And, yeah, this is great for hitters, but this ball is terrible for pitchers. Is there any way, though, that the way the ball is more round, less drag, could it be helping, like, let's say, a straight four-seam fastball? The problem is that it only travels 60 feet, 6 inches, and that's not really enough distance for you to notice that the ball is not slowing down as quickly. It's really got to travel several hundred feet before you see that. And even then, if you think about it, that's like, uh, what we were talking about the the game yesterday with um, with Loriano's home run, what did it go like 298 feet or something? <laughs> but that wasn't all in a straight line; it was a pop up. So the actual distance is traveling is a lot farther, as opposed to only 60 feet six inches. So it that's really what makes the difference. A home run is going to notice the the better aerodynamics. A pitch, not so much. Certainly not enough to make up for the fact that the thing can't break. So I've never made a baseball before, so I don't know the answer to this. I know you have taken apart a lot of baseballs. So let's say they say, yes, there is a problem with the baseball. How do you make the baseball essentially less better than what you've made it now? (laughs) That's a great way to put it, less better. Um, Well, one thing that I think they could do without much trouble is it looks like that smoother leather isn't really helping the ball travel. You know, I think it's been a sort of a standard thing with Rawlings to always try to make the leather smoother. That's just kind of been one of their goals without necessarily thinking about what it means to make the leather smoother. What we have now is a ball that's incredibly smooth, but having smoother leather turns out doesn't actually help the ball much as far as hitting home runs. All it's really doing is making it harder for pitchers to grip the ball. So if they were to go back to the, you know, less refined way of smoothing leather or not smoothing it as the case may be, that would at least allow pitchers a little more grip and it probably wouldn't negatively affect home runs. So, you know, that's the start. Uh, the seam high thing, I really don't know how that's going to get fixed because it turns out that the roundness of the ball and the height of the seams, it looks like that's related to a single process. So I don't think you could have a ball this round with higher seams. You get them both together or neither. And I'm not really sure what Rawlings would choose to do under those circumstances. Now, we're getting different types of blisters now because before the thicker, higher seams 
were causing guys to get blisters. Now we're hearing guys are complaining about blisters with the smaller seams, but the blisters are actually coming up under their nails. I mean, I just what what is going on with all these blisters? Oh well, John Lester had a great quote. I mean, a couple months ago at this point, uh, talking about how in order to grip the ball. And I don't know how much of this was the consistency of the leather itself and how much of it was just the way he was gripping it. But he actually talked about pulling up like a chunk of leather under his fingernail when he let go of the ball. And so what I think is going on is when guys are gripping the ball because they can't hold on to it, otherwise they're digging their fingernails in. Well, when you let that ball go, it's going to pull the fingernail away very slightly. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had something like that happen. Uh, women out there, if you've grown your nails, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> guys, I'm not as sure. But if, so let's say you've had the, the tip of the fingernail torn away, for example. Have you ever had that happen? No. Thank God. Okay. Must be, it must be a chick thing. But anyway, the most sensitive nerves in the body are under your fingernail. So it hurts. And it's not fun anyway, and the fact that guys are getting those fingernails pulled away a little bit every time is absolutely going to give them blisters and is absolutely going to result in problems. So So if Rob Manfred said, you know what, Dr. Wills, I want to have a conversation with you. What should I do? What would you tell him to do? Talk to the players. Talk to Rawlings. Get everybody in the same room. Make sure everybody knows what's going on, including him. And from there, they can make decisions. Do you think there will be change after this season? (laughs) I honestly have no idea. I I really don't. Um, I'd like to think... Again, I'm not even sure how they would make the change other than kind of what I said. I feel like everybody needs to be in on it. You know, I mean, we've got the CBA coming up. This is clearly important for the game. Uh, I guess little thing from this morning, uh, an article Buster only put out that teams are now actually starting to be negatively impacted in that the trade deadline's coming up and they can no longer evaluate players the same way for trade. So there's a lot of problems that are coming out of this that are unforeseen between things like that, netting being more necessary because the ball is inherently more dangerous. There's a lot of moving parts that I don't think were predicted. And I don't think it's as simple as do we change the ball back or not? It's also, you know, have we just lost a year? Do we change everything going forward? Uh, There are questions. There are a lot of questions. And it's not something that you just kind of do a hot take on and say, yeah, we're going to change the ball back. Um, I'm not really sure that's the right answer either. Well, the good news is no matter what the ball, the A's, and you were out at the game yesterday, the A's are hot, and they're 12 games over 500 right now. Well, I'll just keep coming to the games. Maybe that's it. Anytime you want tickets, you know it's on me. We love having you at the ballpark. Absolutely. I will work on being an A's good luck charm. How's that? And then soon we're going to have to get together and see how you take the balls apart and go through that whole process. Seriously, I, I do have a couple that still need to be taken apart. I am happy to do it. So, Meredith, we always appreciate the time, and we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, Chris. This is great. You know baseball, every single time they they hear that she's going to be doing an interview, they got to be going, oh, no, oh, no. They got Verlander, what he said at the All-Star game. And there's more than just Dr. Meredith Wills. There's other doctors that are working on this saying the exact same thing. The ball has definitely changed. But I will say this. People like to say, well, is it bad for the game? No. Have you ever seen people boo the home run? People love home runs. When the ball goes out of the ballpark, everybody gets excited. It's the same thing in football. Are you ever going to say there's too many touchdowns? In basketball, is there too many three-pointers? No. People love scoring. It's just the way it is. Daniel Moskis is a former big league pitcher who now works for Driveline Baseball. 
And driveline baseball works from all the way from big leaguers all the way down to high school. And they're up in the Pacific Northwest, and what they are doing is trying to make baseball players better. Pitchers, hitters, it's pretty amazing what they're doing. Here is my conversation with Daniel Moskis. Daniel, welcome to A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So we had Joey Chestnut on before July 4th. He, he actually lives over by me. Uh, we both went to San Jose State. He ate 70, what, his record 74, but he ate 71 hot dogs in 10 minutes. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? Oh, man. I, if I had to, probably 20, maybe. Wow. I mean, just 70, 70 seems like such an astronomical number. It's just that it blows my mind. I can't get over it. <laughs> Can you imagine how horrible you'd feel after that? <laughs> Literally, like, fathom it. <laughs> well, you guys up at Driveline are, are, are pretty amazing. And I know that the athletics, when I was up there with the A's in Seattle, I know Scott Emerson and a couple of the staff went over there to Driveline to, 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 to check it out. What is it like working there knowing that, the, the innovation of, of making baseball players better is what you do, and you guys do a phenomenal job with it. Um, I mean, it, it really is awesome. Um, you know, it's something that I just cherish because, you know, I played professionally, professionally for a while, and, you know, now I get to really give back to the game to, to make sure that, you know, nobody goes without the information that I'm sure people have gone without so far. You know what I mean? Like, just making sure that everybody has access to every bit of knowledge that we can give them so that, you know, they have the autonomy over their careers to make it what they want to. Yeah, this where we are now, and you know the craze all started with us, the A's and Moneyball, and the book came out, and then everybody's into sabermetrics. But back then, that was about math equations. Now we're making players better through stuff like TrackMan and Rapsado and, and these high-tech cameras. Tell us what you do with pitchers. Tell us what you do with hitters, because it's now about making the player, the individual, better. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, so what you just mentioned, um, you know, is definitely a significant piece to the puzzle, um, but it is only one piece of the puzzle. Um, so, you know, what you referenced are pitch tracking technologies, which, you know, we operate under, you know, the assumption that the more data, the better. So, so the more that you can have, you know, as long as you are analyzing it and putting it to good use, like you can never have too much data. Um, and so what we do with the pitch tracking technology is just, you know, it's a way to, to spot check what guys' stuff looks like. Um, you know, where, you know, what does a curveball look like? What does it spin like? Um, how much is it moving? Um, and we can use that in conjunction with some high-speed cameras to find out if the ball's coming out of their hand differently than, you know, they think it is. Um, you know, you can only rely on proprioception so much. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you need technology to help guide you. And I think about pitch shaping. Is pitch shaping the biggest thing that you guys do? Uh, that's a, I mean, it's a tough question to say one way or the other um, that one thing is the most important thing that we do. Um, and, and the reason that I say that is because every pitcher that comes to see us is different. Um, and so while we can get pitchers who have dynamite arsenals, you know, that they don't really need much work there, but they just don't throw hard enough. You know, we've got, we've got things that, you know, are important for them that maybe are more important than pitch shaping or pitch designing. And then, you know, we've got guys who might, you know, throw 100, and, but they have no secondary offering whatsoever. And so for those types of pitchers, yeah, pitch shaping and, you know, pitch design is going to be really, really important for them. Yeah, velocity is such a big deal in our game, and it just seems like, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, everybody coming out of the bullpen is now throwing 97. How do you take a human being who thinks they're maxed out velocity-wise, how do you take them and how do you get them to even throw harder than they ever did before? Uh, well, it's, it's all through the assessment process. Um, you know, we run them through our own biomechanics lab. Um, we create a mocap report for them. Um, and so that right out of the gate is going to tell us just how well they move, how fast they move, and, you know, where their body's, body and body parts are at in time and space um, to, you know, help try and 
work out some inefficiencies within their delivery. So for some people, it's simply they just need to move better. Um, for other people, it might be they need a strength focus, which is what our, you know, our strength assessment that we put them through is going to tell us. Um, you know, so it's, like I said, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no exact science to this. Um, you have to make it individualized with each athlete that comes through so that you can make sure that like the program, their program is catered and tailored exactly to their needs. So if you want to get a hold of driveline baseball and you want to, the ability to potentially train with them, you go to their website, drivelinebaseball.com. That's drivelinebaseball.com. I know more about the pitching side than I do the hitting side. So kind of elaborate to us what you guys do with hitters. Um, well, I am in the same boat as you. I know a lot more about the pitching side than I do the hitting side. Um, you know, my, my knowledge of the hitting side just comes from being able to interact with the hitting trainers now, now that I'm an employee of driveline. Um, but I do know that they've got a really, really good program in place. Um, you know, obviously the, the odds seem to be stacked against hitters in modern day baseball. Um, but they're definitely working towards trying to level the playing field. Well, we're seeing home runs fly out of the ballpark. It's unbelievable. So all these different changes that are happening in the game and what you guys are doing with hitters, no no question, is it working? How rewarding is it for you as someone that did pitch at the highest level to, to, to work with these young athletes and to watch them walk out your door knowing that they're a better player now because of what you guys did for them? Oh, it's tremendously rewarding. Um, and, you know, like, I don't do it for the gratitude. Um, you know, I do it because there were people along the way that helped me. Um, and, you know, and that always has resonated with me as, you know, people went out of their way and took me under their wing and, you know, showed me the ropes. Um, and so, like, I'm forever grateful for that. And so I just want to, you know, make the most of the opportunity that I have now to try and give that back. Um, you know, there's, there's no athlete that is, you know, a finished product, really. And so we can always always be working to get better. Um, and so it's just, it's really been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I think about what Billy Bean said. If anybody could figure out how to prevent Tommy John surgery, you'd be a billionaire. <laughs> what, what do you guys do with everything that you're looking at and trying to help pitchers? What do you do to try? And, and I don't know if it's a, a different delivery or something to try and keep them healthy as much as you possibly can. Uh, it's, I'm glad that you brought that up um, because, you know, velocity gains are not the only thing that we want to be known for. Um, you know, a big part of our program is helping, you know, pitchers to throw more efficiently. Um, and with that, you know, if their velocity starts to trend up, you know, hopefully it's not at the, you know, sacrifice of stress on your elbow or shoulder. Um, and so we make sure that we are constantly retesting our athletes. Um, we have six-week training blocks. And, you know, we are just retesting at the end of those and making sure that, you know, we've, you know, A, we're making gains, A, that, or B, that they're moving more efficiently, and C, that they're taking stress off of their bodies to do so. How many big league teams have contacted you and sent players to you? Or uh, like the A's, they came to look at what you guys are doing? Um, that I do not know. Um, that is, you know, I would say, I guess, above my pay grade, um, you know, and it's, you know, I don't know what types of discussions go on between uh, the CEO and founder and the directors of pitching that we have. You know, I don't know how those conversations happen, what they sound like. Um, you know, I just, I do know that we're starting to make an impact in the game of baseball and people are taking notice of it. Um, and that is, that's good enough for me. You, you know, it was uh, really impressive the way the Houston Astros said, okay, we're going to get Justin Verlander, and we're going to make Justin Verlander better. When you look around Major League Baseball, with the technology that you have, and Major League Baseball teams have this technology, who do you think is the best at remaking baseball players and making them better inside the game? Um, I, would, I would have to say that the, uh, the Astros are number one. Um, that they do it better than anybody else right now. Um, I think the Dodgers are probably second. Um, and, you know, I think that everybody else is, is trying to play catch-up in some way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, I think that everybody is definitely aware of the fact that, you know, data and technology and baseball can coexist. 
and can actually be used to, you know, improve processes and things of that nature. So we know what you guys are doing is state-of-the-art, and it's the best in the game right now. And I know everybody's always looking to get better and looking to the future. Where do you think this evolves to? What do you think is the next craze in baseball to make players better? Oof. Boy, that's a loaded question. Um, huh. <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. I, um, I'm not sure that I have a finite answer for that. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you what baseball is going to look like in five years. Um, I just know that it's going to be different than it is now. Um, you know, baseball will change probably more in the next five years than it has over the previous 25. Um, and I, and I do really firmly believe that. Um, but I don't really know what that's going to look like at the end of the day. Would you say where we are right now, that this is the best in shape, the best athletes we have ever seen in the game of baseball? I think we're getting there. I mean, I think that you have to say that right now it's the best. I don't think there's really any debating that. Um, You know, we just, as people continue to specialize in baseball training, I think that you'll just continue to see a better baseball athlete. Um, And, you know, even more so just the cream rises to the top. You know, it's, it's going to get harder and harder to become a big league baseball player. Um, you know, just because the level that you have to be able to perform at is going to be so high. Daniel, thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. And we'd love to be able to, if we have some questions, call on you because what we know you guys are doing there at driveline is state of the art. No one's doing it better. Absolutely, man. Feel free to ask any questions as they pop up. Have a great weekend. All right. You do the same. I hope you enjoyed another edition of A's Unfiltered. We appreciate you listening to A's Cast. Trust me, we really, really do. We'll see you out at the ballpark. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.